Well, throughout uh, the week at Vacation Bible School, uh, we had a, a few Bible points that we talked about each day, and uh, it's amazing sometimes the way that God works, the way that things kind of tie in together with our uh, scripture reading that we've been doing uh, this summer that we started last week through the Sermon on the Mount with the theme of our Vacation Bible School. Uh, the way that all of these things tie in together is quite amazing, and so we'll try to highlight that a little bit this morning. Uh, but at Vacation Bible School throughout the week, we had a few key points that we talked about each day. Uh, we talked about uh, in day one, God is the creator. On day two, we talked about God, the designer. Uh, God, on day three, we talked about Jesus, the king. Uh, day four, Jesus, the redeemer. And then on the fifth day, we talked about uh, how the Holy Spirit gives us power to follow God's plan. Uh, and throughout the week, uh, we focused on memorizing a verse from Ephesians chapter two, uh, verse 10. Uh, and I had all the kids at Vacation Bible School read it with me, so I'm going to have you all help me read our our scripture verse for the Vacation Bible School week, if you would. Uh, it says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. I mean, what a, what a great passage. What a great verse. What's, what a great thing for these kids to take and to plant down deep within their hearts. It's a powerful verse when we think about it, not only for kids, but uh, for us as adults as well. Uh, and it reminds us of a few things that we'll talk about this morning. Uh, the first of which uh, that it reminds us is that we have been crafted by God, right? It tells us we are His workmanship. We're His handiwork. And I like, I like thinking of it in those terms. This idea idea that we were crafted. I like crafted a little bit more than just saying created because it speaks to the unique ways in which God has made each of us, right? You're not some, you're not part of some mass production factory in which everything comes out uh, identical, right? We're not just created by God as, as one part of some uh, machine that he was just pumping out people in, uh, but God was intentional, uh, and crafting you, uh, giving you the particular kinds of passions and interests and, and aid abilities that you have that are necessary for the time in which we live. You know, I'm a, I'm a father of five. And one of the things that I'm constantly amazed by is just how different each of my children are. Now, I don't know why I would think that they would all be the same, but you, know, you figure it's the same uh, mom and dad, the, the same kind of general way in which you're raising them, but they all end up different. Uh, if you're a parent of multiple children or uh, if you're one of a few siblings, then you've probably been able to see it too, just how different you know, people in the same family, growing up in the same house with the same rules, can still end up being completely different, right? Different interests, uh, characteristics about us are different. The way that uh, people in that same household respond to challenges is different. The things that motivate each person within that household is different. Uh, like each thing is unique within each person. That's how God made us, right? God made us unique for a particular purpose. And God made us unique not so that we would, you know, try to to stand out or try to showcase how different we are, but but so that each of us can use those unique passions, those unique interests, uh the the abilities that he's given us so that we might be able to work together to become something better than what we could be on our own. You know, it 
Uh, it kind of makes me think that uh, as, as God crafted us that way, made us so that we might be able to join together in doing the good work that God has done, that, that, that really for me to be the best version of myself, not just for my sake, uh, that, that I need you to be the best version of yourself. All right? That I need you to do the good that God is calling you to do so that it might help me become uh, able to do the good that God's calling me to do. And, uh, and you, likewise, would need me, need the rest of us all to be the best version of ourselves possible so we each might be able to do that good that it says God has crafted and created and called us to do. And wouldn't it be great, you know, if we could all live that way, if we could all use our uniqueness, our God craftedness to work together to do good. I mean, I think if we were able to see that and to be able to celebrate uh, those distinctions, those differences in a way that encouraged good among us, that our world might be a little bit better place. But oftentimes, what happens uh, is rather than finding the ways that our uniqueness might work together, a lot of times we uh, want to do those things that stand out, that, that elevate us. Oftentimes we do that by, by putting others down, doing things that hurt others so that we might lift ourselves up. You know, I asked the kids during vacation Bible school uh, if somebody had ever said something or done something that put them down, that, that made them feel hurt. Uh, and all the kids, you know, they all, they all raised their hands. I, I imagine each of us could do the same as well. Has there ever been somebody who's done something that's created hurt for you? Uh, it, it was kind of sad to see, but it, but it speaks, you know, to the world that we live in. And then I asked them, you know, well, okay, uh, well, have any of you ever said anything or, or done something that would uh, put somebody else down? You know, something that might be hurtful to somebody else. They were a little bit hesitant on this, but, but every one of them raised their hands. You know, we, we all do this, right? We all do things that, that are hurtful to others, sometimes intentionally, sometimes unintentionally, but we all do things that bring hurt into the world and into the lives of other people. Uh, and, and in the church, we, we call this sin. Right? Sin is something that goes against how God has created us to be, something that's contrary to God's will. Sometimes we sin by doing those things that are hurtful. Sometimes we sin by, by failing to do the good things that God is calling us to do. Rather than doing the good that we know that God has created us for, we just kind of pass on by. Uh, just kind of stay uh, away from whatever that area or issue is. Um, but each one of us, regardless of whether it's because of the things that we've done or if it's the things that we haven't done, every one of us has sinned. And I think a, a day like today, where we are celebrating that this new federal holiday, Juneteenth, kind of reminds us of how bad this sin problem can become at times. That, that one group of people was enslaved by another group of people. That a group of people was degraded and put down, uh, even killed because of the difference in their color of skin. Points to the ways that the sin can infect our lives and the systems that we live in. You know, when our uniqueness is turned into an idol, when our lives are not lived in submission to God, our creator, it can create lots of problems. But the good news uh, that our theme verse points to uh, is that uh, though we've all sinned, that we don't have to live that way. 
Though each of us has sinned, each of us has done things that are hurtful, each of us uh, have experienced that within our lives, that that's not the way that we have to live our lives. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 offers hope that we can be new creations in Christ Jesus. This verse, Ephesians 2.10, it kind of is part of a larger passage. This uh, first 10 verses of Ephesians chapter 2 begins in verse 1 by kind of reminding us of that hurtful world that we live in. It says, it says that you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world. And verse 3 kind of continues from that. It says, all of us lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. It's, it's reminding us that at one point in time, all of us, all of our lives were filled uh, with sin. All of us were living our own life apart from God's will and apart from God's way. Then in verse 4, it tells us the good news. It says, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace that you have been saved. Right, this passage tells us that, that God loves us enough to not just leave us in the state of sin that distorts the good that we were created for. God loves us enough not to leave the world in a condition where our hurts and our wounds just continue to pile up. But instead, God took on flesh in the person of Jesus to save us from our sin, uh, to restore within us a right relationship with him, to offer us life everlasting, to set us back on the right path, and to redeem the hurts and the brokenness of the world that we live in. Now, one of the, one of the Bible points that we talked about this week at Vacation Bible School is that, that Jesus is our Redeemer. On the cross, uh, he took on all of our sin so that it would die with him. And then he was buried in a tomb and he rose on the third day to offer us a new chance, a new opportunity at life. Jesus' life, death, and resurrection offers us redemption, meaning we are offered the opportunity to have all of the hurt, all of the, all of the sin, all of the bad things that we have experienced and done to be kind of taken and washed away and, and to be transformed, to be used for good instead of evil. Now, uh, a favorite movie in my house uh, is the, the Minions movie or that kind of whole series of movies. I don't know if you recognize some of these characters or not. The, the first movie uh, in this series is called Despicable Me, uh, which it's, it's kind of an underrated Father's Day movie, I must say. You can kind of see on uh, his little coffee mug there where it says... Uh, I think world's best father. Um, but, it, but it tells the story of an evil villain named Gru. That's the guy who's there in the middle. And throughout his life, all Gru ever wanted was to feel accepted. Uh, but he never quite had that kind of connection or relationship. He didn't have a, a good relationship with his own dad or with the people who lived around him. And so in order to make his dream a reality, uh, he decided that he would become a villain. And not just any villain, but the most you know, villainous villain in the world. Uh, he's going around stealing all kinds of stuff. You know, the pyramids, uh, the Statue of Liberty. Uh, he's got this great plot that he's going to steal the moon. He's just going to take it away. And so that it might hurt and affect others and that he might get the kind of recognition and notoriety that he deserves or that he thinks he deserves. And so he goes on this, this plan of, of how he's going to be this, you know, the most vile of villains. 
until uh, he decides that he's going to use these three orphan girls who happen into his life to, to spy on one of his enemies. And he's going to send these three orphan girls out to take care of this and to help him out. And his plan kind of backfires. And rather, the, rather than just being able to, to use them, he ends up becoming the, the dad that he never really thought that he wanted to be for these girls. Their need for him, their love for him, begins to change him slowly but surely throughout the course of the movie. It, it gives him a new purpose in life. Uh, the love that these three girls show him births within him a love that he never knew. And instead of trying to prove his uniqueness or his greatness through the ways in which he was hurting others, he begins to take these unique gifts and abilities to do good for the girls and to do good for the world as a whole. Throughout the movie, Gru experiences redemption. And in order to experience this, you know, he has to repent. He has to ask forgiveness from the girls that he hurt. He has to try to work to make up for some of the damage that he did. But in the, the whole process of it, he learns how to love. He ends up adopting the girls as his own. Uh, they become a family together. What the movie highlights is how the redemption uh, that we experience, the, the redemption that we can experience in life, it requires us to let go of past guilt and pain. Uh, it shows us how redemption is something that's offered to us. It comes to us as we experience love and forgiveness from someone else. It's not something that we can just bring about because of our own wants, our own thoughts, our own desires. It comes when somebody else has offered love and grace to us. You know, in some ways, this movie points us uh, to what God has done for us in Jesus. God offered us love when we may have seemed unlovable. When we have been the most vilest of sinners, the most villainous of villains. Uh, in, in Jesus, God offers us forgiveness. He wipes away our guilt and shame. He offers healing for our pain. We have this opportunity, this gift, to experience redemption through Jesus, to be made into new creations. Uh, when we say yes to Jesus, when we invite him into our lives, we invite Jesus to come in to begin healing those past hurts. Uh, we invite Jesus to come in and he begins to change and to shape our desires so that we no longer desire to do the things that we once did, but our lives become transformed and changed to desire what is honorable, what is pleasing to him. We our, our lives are changed so that we no longer live for ourselves, but we live for his glory and for the sake of others. When we accept the unconditional love that God has for us, we become a people who are able to love unconditionally. We experience redemption. And it's not that we become perfect, but that we become changed. Another way to read the theme verse that we have for the week from Ephesians 2.10 is that, is that we are God's masterpiece. That he has created us anew in Christ Jesus. So that we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. Right, we've been created anew in Christ. Called to do good works. 
Uh, and this is the third point that we learn from our voice, uh, from our from our verse this morning. We are crafted by God. We are made new creations in Christ Jesus, and we are called to do good. We have a purpose, that there's a call to action that accompanies God's transforming love within us. Our, our lives are not just somehow uh, meaningless. We haven't been given the, the gifts and the abilities that we have for nothing. We haven't experienced the things that we've experienced in our life just for them to be in vain. Rather, all of our gifts, all of our experiences, all of who we are, are redeemed, are made new in Christ Jesus so that they can then be taken and used to do good in the world and in the lives of others. There's a, an amazing art form uh, that's been around for thousands of years where people take broken or cut pieces of tile and stone to create decorative patterns. Uh, it's called a mosaic, and you can see just a small example of one right, right there. But uh, basically an artist takes a bunch of pieces that have been broken, perhaps pieces that you know some might look at and say, well, this piece might not have any kind of purpose or any kind of use. Uh, some pieces that might be a little bit rough around the edges. Uh, and the artist, this master designer, takes all of these pieces and brings them together to, to make something new, to make something beautiful. I, I think in some ways it reflects what God envisions for our lives as individuals and in our lives together. Right? That God takes the, the broken parts of our lives, the hurtful places within us, and God uh, begins to take them and use them to bring something beautiful out of it. Uh, God takes us. A bunch of people who might be a little bit rough around the edges, if we're honest. Uh, and he brings us together to make something new. Something that brings praise to our master designer. It's a reminder that no matter what we've been through, that God can take it and use it and bring something beautiful out of us. That God has a greater purpose than what we might see within ourselves as individuals. Uh, that God's purpose is there for us. That as we set our sights on doing the good that he's created us for, when we allow ourselves to be used by God alongside of others, there's a great good, there's something beautiful that can be done. When we live to bring glory uh, to the one who made us. There's no problems or challenges in our world that cannot be overcome. Our theme verse for Vacation Bible School this week reminds us that, that God has great plans for you. Plans for you to do good. It offers us hope that, that God is making you new in Christ Jesus so that you can do the good things that God planned for you to do. And as I close this morning, there's uh, one verse that I want to share with us. Uh, a part of our summer sermon series as we're working through the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, it's uh, kind of interesting how all these different verses and passages all sort of relate to one another. Uh, but as Jesus is teaching in the Sermon on the Mount, uh, in chapter 5, verse 16, uh, he says this. He says, in the same way, let your light shine before others. So they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. As Jesus is preaching this section of the Sermon on the Mount, he's emphasizing the importance of this to us. That you have been uh, created by God. You've been redeemed in Christ Jesus. So that you can shine the brightness of God's love into a dark world. A world that's filled with hurt and brokenness. 
You've been uh, healed. You've been offered this grace, offered this great love because God desires good for you. And in the response, God invites us, God calls us to become participants within his mission in the world, to offer that same kind of grace and love uh, for other people, to do good, not for our own selves, not so that people look around and say, oh, you know, that's so great. I really love what you did. Uh, But so we might be able to point to the one who gave us the ability to begin with. So we might be able to point to the one uh, who's at work within us to heal us and to redeem us. So we might be able to point to the one and give glory and honor to the one who is our master creator and designer, the one who loves us and redeems us. And so the invitation before us this morning uh, is to truly see the ways that God has crafted us, uh, to let it sink in deep within our hearts and our souls the great love that God has shown us in Jesus, and then to use that to do the good that God calls us to do. It doesn't have to be anything that's huge. Uh, We don't have to attempt to just change the world ourselves and on our own, but just trust That as you do the good that God is calling you to do, and the person next to you does the good that God is calling them to do, and the person next to them begins to do the good that God is calling them to do, as we let our lights shine for Jesus, God takes it and he brings it all together, and he makes something beautiful out of us, and God begins to make something beautiful within our world. Uh, Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we give you thanks uh, that you have uh, created us for a purpose, for a reason. You've given us gifts and abilities. You have walked with us through uh, all the ups and downs of life. And that you are calling us to use uh, those experiences, those gifts and abilities to do good in the world around us. You have a plan for us to do good, a purpose for us as individuals and as a church. So Lord, we pray that you would give us wisdom uh, to see and know all the ways that you have created us, the ways that you are leading and guiding us, that you would enable us, that you would continue to empower us by the work of your spirit within us uh, to see and know the good that you've called us to. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.